You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, check out the website. We have a lot of different elements there. We have original stories, unique video. It's original content. And whether it's Cranston PD Live or some of the other stories we cover, it's all right there at the website, dipietro.com. Well, like many of you, expectations were not set very high with Governor McKee manipulating our system and defeating Helena folks, Helena Bonanno folks in the primary and then becoming governor. But this is a new low that Governor McKee has entered into. And I want to play, this is the Channel 12 story they have. McKee signs bill expanding abortion access into law. It's uh, it's really disgraceful. This is the Channel 12 McKee. Legislation makes it so those on Medicaid and state workers can't have abortion care covered by their health insurance. Senate passed its version of the bill today and the House's version passed last month. 12 News reporter Amanda Pitts was there for the vote and joins us now with the latest. Amanda? With the passage of this legislation, Rhode Island now joins the ranks of 16 states, including Massachusetts and Connecticut, where Medicaid programs cover abortions. Congratulations to everybody that worked out. Congratulations, he said. With a flick of a pen, Governor Dan McKee signed into law the Equality and Abortion Coverage Act. By passing this bill, we are just advancing health equity in Rhode Island so people have equal coverage. Senator Bridget Valverde sponsored the legislation in the Senate, where it passed Thursday in a 24 to 12 vote. House Majority Whip Catherine Kazarian sponsored the legislation on the House side, where it passed 49 to 24 last month. It provides insurance coverage for abortions to those on Medicaid and state employees. In light of what's going on across this country where states are banning uh, abortion access or limiting people's uh, ability to make decisions what that's about, about their bodies and their lives, Liar. the Rhode Island General Assembly is taking a step forward. No, but there was not. much debate before it passed the General Assembly. Today's vote is an egregious overstep yes. of the state government. Those who vote no stand firmly on the side of the taxpayer. That's right. Respect for religious freedom and conscientious objectors. Republicans against say taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for abortions, especially if they're pro-life. But those for it say it's about equity. For decades, uh, people who are on our Medicaid plans and state employees on our state health plans have been prohibited from using their health coverage to pay for abortion care. And that's just wrong. I'm Amanda Pitts, 12 News. You know, what an absolute disgrace, and they are celebrating that. And folks, but Governor McKee, they were laughing and high-fying each other and smiling, celebrating, celebrating the taxpayers now are going to have to pay for it. Like, it, it's, it's so beyond the pale. What are you celebrating? Celebrating that that is going to happen and that the taxpayers are going to have to pay for it. What an embarrassment. I mean, did you ever think we'd have someone like this? Governor McKee is, I'm going to, I just can't believe this this guy. I can't believe, and I know he was the mayor of, mayor of Cumberland. And so I I, I can't believe what an absolute joke this is in their reaction. What are you celebrating? Why were you high-fying each other? Laughing, smiling, they went out to. What do you? They went out to celebrate last night. You're celebrating. The taxpayers now have to pick up the cost of state workers who want to use abortion as a form of birth control. I I am telling you right now, folks. This this is beyond the pale. It is so broken. I mean, Governor McKee. Not only is you know. Not only is the guy corrupt, and I can't wait for that FBI probe to move ahead on him, because I hear it's moving very rapidly. It'll be a great day to see Governor Dan McKee in a courtroom facing federal charges. Can't come soon enough. Hey, birds of a feather, and he surrounds himself with other corrupt individuals. But, But this... The element of that and celebrating and the optics of it. And they're all laughing and they're dressing and wearing matching outfits. They are a demented cult.
There's nothing to celebrate here. You disgraceful embarrassment examples of representatives cheering, celebrating how great it is that taxpayers are going to have to pick up the cost for state workers with your tax money have to pick up the cost for these women to have this procedure. It, it, it is just so beyond the pale. And there, there's such, that's the, that's the only thing that matters to, I, I am so tired of hearing the word equity. I am, I just, folks, we are, we are just, the state is losing jobs. This guy is so ill-prepared. Governor McKee may be the elected governor, but he's certainly not a leader. I would never use the word leader with him. And I have no idea what he was like as the mayor of Cumberland. As lieutenant governor, he was... No wonder Gina Raimondo would not let him near a microphone. And then as soon as he took office, immediately was pay to play. Now you watch. Mark my words. There'll be more scandals with McKee. It's, it's his nature. It is absolutely his nature and who he surrounds himself with. But that, that was, there was nothing to celebrate. This is wrong. There should be legal challenges. I believe it will be overturned. And the pen signing, and they're all gathered around him at the desk. What an absolute disgrace and embarrassment this guy is. Really a low point. A real low point for the state. The McKee, and I, I, I don't care about the playing the cards with the mother and all this other foolishness. There was nothing to celebrate standing around his desk. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them. All year round, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. You know, this story about the highly classified information being let out, I don't know. I have a feeling, let's hear the latest. I have a feeling he's not going to get out. Online is due back in court today. The new court filings claim there were several warnings about Air National Guardsman Jack Texera. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Harridge is in Washington. Catherine, good morning. Good morning, Nate. At today's hearing, federal prosecutors will argue to keep Jack Texera behind bars while he awaits trial. In new court documents, they allege that months before the 21-year-old was arrested by the FBI, he was warned against accessing highly classified information without authorization. The filings claim the IT specialist viewed, wrote, and pocketed notes on sensitive information that was not related to his primary duty. According to the documents, at least twice in the fall of 20. 22, superiors ordered Texera to stop any deep dives into classified material. Texera is also accused of boasting about his access to online groups, which included at least 150 users who claim to live in other countries. In posts on the social media platform Discord, he allegedly acknowledged that his disclosures were breaking laws. Texera's defense attorneys say he should be released into his father's custody while pending trial. They claim prosecutors are unfairly comparing Texera to Edward Snowden, who fled to Russia when he was accused of leaking classified information. I, I mean, we're going to wait and see how that plays out. I, I don't think they're giving a very compelling argument for letting the guy out. I mean, it, it's just, but it, and it's so embarrassing and beyond the pale that that this was happening in in the first place it it just is um i um i also want to get to you know there was a lot of fire a lot of fire going back and forth as far as this fbi hearing and you know one, one of the elements of jim jordan who is just so widely 
respected. And her going back and forth, it was pretty contentious. I want to play some of this about the whistleblowers, and especially with Debbie Wasserman Schultz going back and forth with Jim Jordan. ...that the majority uh, is entitled to. So, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not aware that you're able to withhold information from the minority that we would need to use to no. prepare for a... When it comes to whistleblowers, you're not. And I would just, I would just remind the committee, remind whistle- everyone, look, Mr. when it comes Chairman, to whistleblowers, right. you are not. That's not right. It's it's shocking that the gentleman. That's not right. It's shocking that the gentleman so much about the whistleblower and the impeachment. It's shocking that the gentleman from New York would state that we had when you were part of the investigation with an anonymous whistleblower. We have. Chairman, these Mr. Chairman, I, I, can't, I can't hear five people at once. Could I know. we have regular it, order? Mr. Yeah. Mr. Chairman, it, Chair recognizes it's, I'm inquiring, and I was not. And I've told inquiring. you that when it comes to whistleblowers, you are not entitled to it. That's these at the discretion of Mr. Allen. Mr. Chairman, these individuals have been determined not, not to be whistleblowers. To these are not whistleblowers. They've been determined by the agency not to be whistleblowers. Are you deciding that they're whistleblowers? Yes, the law decides. Did you not listen to Mr. Levitt's testimony? Did you not read the law? The his law decides that they are whistleblowers. His attorney the chair is recognizes that they are the gentlelady from the New law York. Has not the gentlelady from New York has been recognized. The law has not determined they are whistleblowers. His attorney is just asserting that. Gentlelady <laughs> from New York. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. My goodness, folks. Back and forth. Although I, I'm just such a, uh, a fan of Jim Jordan. Let me get into also uh, Dan Goldman going about the weaponization of the FBI. Um, I want to go a little more on that Capitol Hill hearing. Here we go. ...and did nothing wrong. Thank you That's for blowing Mac the whistle Gaines. on that. I yield back. Mr. Chairman, I have a, a legit, sincere point of inquiry. Rule 11, Clause 2. Were the when is, the gentleman is not recognized. The, the, uh, I have a question about the rules. Mr. Lynch for five minutes. The a point question. of order, a question about the rules. Point of order. State your point of order. The point of order is why does no, Rule 11, yeah. Clause 2, Subsection E1A not apply to this subcommittee? I can read for you. Each committee shall keep a complete record of all committee action, which shall include, in the case of a meeting or hearing transcript, a substantially verbatim account of remarks we actually made during the proceedings, subject only to some technical things. Such records shall be the property of the House and each member, delegate, and the resident commissioner shall have access there, too. Why does that not apply? Where is the whistleblower exception in the rules of Congress that says that does not apply? It's the prerogative of the committee to decide. No, it's not. It's the rules of the House. We have the whistleblower testimony. The whistleblower does not wish that to be made available to the Democrats at this time. The whistleblower doesn't make committee rules, sir. Mr. Lynch Lynch is recognized for five minutes of questioning. Mr. Chairman, is, is is the ruling of the chair always unquestioned, or do we have a vote on on how some of these issues are decided? If you state a proper vo- uh, point of order, and there's some. I, I just did state a pro- point of order. The, the, the gentleman from Massachusetts. Yeah, this is. Um, I I just think it's it's too much. But I thought Jim Jordan was great, talking about if you're pro-life Catholic. You know, look out for the FBI coming for you. We have the memorandum from the Richmond Field Office about Catholics, right? If you're pro-life, pro-family, and you're Catholic, look out. The FBI wanted to put people inside the church, inside the parish, to spy on fellow citizens. Does that surprise you, Mr. O'Boyle, that that actually happened in the Richmond Field Office? It doesn't. Not anymore. Scary. And you know that memorandum, by the way? Hmm. It was signed off by five people in that office. One of them was the chief division counsel, wow. a lawyer, a lawyer who supposedly went to law school and probably had a course on the Constitution, signed off on that memorandum. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. He is, um, he is very, very effective to have in Congress, Jim Jordan. I also wanted to mention the Dianne Feinstein situation is just embarrassing. She doesn't belong there. She should not be there. Total abuse of power. She is not physically up to the job. And at this point, it, but but it's it's also just about the different people that work for them and holding on to their jobs. But to Senator Dianne Feinstein, I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. Should not, in fact, be there. Still there. This is the latest now on Senator 
Dianne Feinstein in their questioning for Feinstein help. Feinstein calling and calls for her to resign. Those calls continuing today. The 89-year-old Democrat recently returned to Capitol Hill in a wheelchair after a nearly three-month absence due to a bout of shingles. Now her office confirms that she's dealing with some serious complications. Nicole Killian joins us now from Capitol Hill with what's at stake for Democrats and President Biden's agenda in addition to the senator's health. Nicole, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Tony. And Senator Feinstein's return has given Democrats a critical vote back on big issues like the upcoming debt limit and confirming judges here in the narrowly divided Senate. But she is keeping a much lighter schedule, missing some votes in meetings, prompting some huh. within her own party to consider whether she should step aside. Or she should. California Senator Dianne Feinstein came back to the Capitol oh last week to a standing ovation. Oh. Welcome back, our colleague, Senator Dianne Feinstein. Mrs. Feinstein. Mrs. Feinstein, aye. After battling shingles for nearly three months, a spokesperson for the 89-year-old Democrat confirmed Thursday she suffered from additional complications, including a rare neurological disorder called Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, oh an encephalitis, or inflammation of the brain. How is your recovery going, Senator? Earlier this week, the senator faced renewed scrutiny over her health after a Los Angeles Times reporter asked her about her return to the Senate. I haven't been going. I've been working. You've been working from home, is what you're saying? No, I've been here. I think she should step down. California Congressman Ro Khan is one of several lawmakers demanding Feinstein's resignation. She's representing 40 million people in California. We ex need someone who's going to be on top of the job. Feinstein holds a seat on the powerful Senate Judiciary Committee where Democrats now have a one-vote advantage over Republicans. That's what it's so about. missing one vote leaves Democrats short of getting President Biden's judicial nominees through. What kind of accommodations do you have to make? Well, we schedule things that work for her to make sure that she's able to what attend physically. I was mayor of San Francisco for nine years. As the longest-serving no female program. senator, the five-term legislator announced in February that she would not seek re-election next year. Congresswoman Katie Porter is running for her seat. Any concerns about her ability to serve out her full term? Yes. I think it's very, very clear that it's time for a change in California. That's why I declared um, to run. There are other candidates vying for Feinstein's seat, including California Congressman Adam Schiff, who is backed by former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. If Feinstein resigns, Governor Gavin Newsom has pledged to appoint a black woman. But some are questioning the close relationship that Feinstein has with Pelosi's eldest daughter, who has been assisting her here in Washington. Pelosi has defended Feinstein's decision to stay. A source tells CBS News that any insinuation of a political agenda is ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous. What's ridiculous, she is still there. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They're on duty at all times. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical. Now, if you're in a car accident, go to At Med Urgent Care. Avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms. They also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing, at-med urgent care when it's an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, that's right, in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website dipetro.com so cranston city councilman on the website dipetro.com you can see we do have the body cam video cranston police who by the way talk about by the book he was trying he's a cranston city councilman matt riley trying everything in his power to try to um get them to not arrest him and they did arrest him 
on drug possession. And they even released the body cam video. I can't say enough good things about the Cranston police. Let's listen. This is the Channel 12 report on it. Counselor passed out with crack cocaine in his possession. I'm Shannon Heggie. I'm Mike Montecalvo. Now city leaders are calling for him to step down. 12 News reporter Amanda Pitts joins us now live outside of City Hall with the latest. Amanda. Well, Mike and Shannon, that body camera footage starts with an officer finding the councilman passed out in the front seat of his car, and it ends with his arrest. Now the mayor is calling on him to resign and get help. Cranston police body camera footage showing the moment a city councilor is arrested on a drug charge. You're a councilman in Cranston smoking crack with crack on you. What do you think the constituents would say? Councilman Matthew Riley was found passed out in the driver's seat of a vehicle Monday morning. Someone literally sprinted and, and flagged me down because they thought you were having a heart attack or choking. The Republican councilman for Ward 6 told the officer it was a relapse and he had nothing on him. Were we not arrest? No. Um, is there any, are there any drugs in the car or anything like that? No, no, nothing. Except there were. Police searched the vehicle and found crack cocaine. They tested it on the hood. Yeah, right away. Fentanyl? Uh, coke. Yeah. Crack. I think there's a little bit of fentanyl in there. Yeah, all right. Officers muted their body camera footage for large portions of their interactions. You on mute or I'm on? I'm on record. Yep. Riley quickly requested Major Todd Patalano to the scene, admitting to him that he purchased $100 worth of crack cocaine the day prior. Your health and your well-being is worth way more than any political career. I don't care. Yeah, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. Listen, we're not... We, we don't report nothing to the media unless someone tells them. Riley is eventually taken into custody and charged with possession. Yeah, I know. It's not like I... Uh... Now the mayor is calling for his resignation. I feel that's in the best interest of the city, his constituents. I also feel that personally it's in his best interest for him. Now, at this hour, Riley has not resigned from his position as city councilor. We did reach out to his to him for comment, but have not yet heard back. The city tells me that if he resigns before July 5th, there will be a special election in the city to replace him. If not, someone will be appointed to replace him. Live in Cranston tonight, Amanda Pitts, 12 News. Now, I'll say this. I mean, Matt Riley, and I've interviewed him, and if you go to petro.com, uh, you can see that I interviewed him last fall. Uh, he was speaking out about the fact that Governor McKee wanted to shift all of these homeless people to the Pastore complex in Cranston. And so he was outspoken about it. And so we, you know, I spoke to him about it and we did a live stream and he talked about it. He seemed fine at the time. But one thing that I do want to point out that makes him fair game for the media, um, he obviously screwed up and had a relapse and so forth. But all the people that are stepping forward, let's look, talk about what an easy target he is, right? He's married, apparently going through some difficulties, but married his children, and he's a straight white male. And suddenly, you know, there's there's a rush of people calling that he has to step down. Um, we know that if he was a different type of individual... I, I don't think there would be the rush. He would be portrayed as a victim. He's not being portrayed as a victim here. That's debatable. I'm not condoning the behavior. Next door to Cranston, the city of Warwick, school committee woman Donna Backus, Karen Backus, excuse me, was, she was arrested for DUI, was all over the road, driving, and then struck and was assaulting a Warwick police officer. She had her charges dropped, and no one was stepping forward and saying that she should step down. And I think she is in some form of a same-sex relationship. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Um, in, 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 you know, with whoever, but female, um, prefers an alternative lifestyle and she finds her DUI. Now, I, I think you could argue Councilman Matt Riley passed out in the parking lot 
at the hair salon was of, of no harm to anyone other than himself. He didn't assault the police. He was cooperative with the police. Whereas Bacchus, who had an accident in the back of the police car, a complete disgrace, she was a danger, I think you could say, to, to everyone um, with her on the roads and the fact they had to pull over and then striking and fighting with the police. So I, I, think, uh, I think we're looking for equal justice, equal justice under the law. I feel bad for Matt Riley. Um, he, he's, his life is different now. He has a new life. It was the life before the arrest and now the life after the arrest. It doesn't mean he can't, you know, live a very fulfilling life. It just means it's going to be different than the, you know, the life that he had prior to this happening. And I don't know about his political future, but it is interesting, folks, depending on who it is that gets caught, whether or not, in fact, they're deemed a victim. In this particular case, doesn't seem to be a lot of compassion and sympathy for Cranston City Councilman, uh, who's apparently going through a bad divorce um, and is an officer of the court and finds himself relapsing into a situation of substance abuse. Uh, there's a pile on on that, white straight male, but I think there's some other individuals that there would not be the beeline to go after that individual. So again, not condoning it. And I have the body cam video up on the website, dipetro.com. And it's also on the YouTube channel as well. You're listening to the John DePetro show. Folks, you're listening to the John DePetro show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until two. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, I want to start off with a story. It's actually a national story. It's uh, it's even kind of, I, I don't recall anything even remotely close to this. Um, you know, sometimes maybe we hear about a DA or attorney general somewhere. But a U.S. attorney, we're talking about Rachel Rollins, simply because of the nature of, you know, it goes through so much scrutiny. It has to be confirmed. It even goes through a hearing in the Senate. Uh, in this particular case, the vice president, Kamala Harris, weighed in, was the deciding vote. And Rachel Rollins, this is uh, it's still, Tim Dodd, just astounding what they have found in this report regarding Massachusetts U.S. attorney. Well, yes, John, she was clearly the wrong person for the job. Um, one wonders the political forces that resulted in her getting the job, which is basically the top prosecutor in the state of Massachusetts. Um, she was confirmed barely by the Senate. Um, she had a career as a prosecutor at the county level, and she gets catapulted into the job as U.S. attorney. And in the, I think it's 16 months only that she's been in office, um, she has been involved in a number of ethical breaches, um, flagrant. I mean, it's not even subtle things that were going on. Um, one of the overriding um, dictates for federal employees is um, the Hatch Act. And yep. you'll, you'll hear Biden's, President Biden's press secretary many times when she has asked questions about the upcoming election cycle, I, she'll say, I can't talk about that. You know, folks, the Hatch Act for, prohibits me from engaging in political discussions. And although she gets criticized for dodging a lot of media questions, on that one, she's right. The Hatch Act says that if you're a federal employee, you're supposed to yep. do your job and not be involved in political discussions, activities, fundraising, or anything like it. So what does Rollins do? Um, she goes um, very openly, very notoriously to an event. I think it was a fundraising event for Jill right. Biden. Yep. Um, clearly, clearly impermissible. So 
it's either the arrogance or the hubris of office or the presumption that because she's with the in crowd and the in team yep. that nothing bad is going to happen to her. Right. I, I don't really know what she could have been thinking. Um, she <laughs> she has somebody on her staff shake down the Boston Celtics to get some free tickets for some underprivileged kids to go to a Celtics game. And by the way, two of those tickets are going to be for herself and right. somebody else. Um, completely, completely impermissible. She also injected herself um, through some you know, political skullduggery into the political campaign that was a campaign between her chosen successor yep. uh, for her county office and that political opponent and attempted to smear the political opponent um, with innuendos, a whisper campaign to the media um, that she was directing, that she was overseeing. Now, maybe she was used to the political rough and tumble um, prior to becoming uh, the U.S. attorney, but those activities are clearly impermissible. It's impermissible if you work for the FBI, and we've seen transgressions there a lot. Um, it's impermissible if you work for the CIA. We've seen transgressions there. But in this one, it was so flagrant and, you know, so in your face that, you know, politicians from both sides, Republicans and even some Democrats were saying she's got to go. I mean, right. this is unacceptable. It's an embarrassment. It's unethical com uh, conduct. It's not criminal conduct. But it's clearly some of it violative of the Hatch Act. Um, and I think something that sort of tells her attitude towards her position, who she is and how much power she has. I think the media showed up at her house and she was basically saying, how dare you show up at the house? I'm a black woman. You yeah. can't do this. If you want to talk to me, you come to my office. You stay away from my house. I mean, it's like, who the hell do you think you are? Right. Um, that's not the way the game is played. Um, so she was playing the sex card. She was playing the race card. Um, she was playing the, you know, it's, you're making things not safe for me and, and my family and my home. Uh, I, I, I think that sort of overreach on her part um, is this kind of characteristic of the way she apparently handled that office that she was above the law and could do anything she wants and she couldn't be challenged and i think she got the appropriate slap down that was a long time coming folks again we're speaking with our legal uh analyst expert it's attorney tim dodd tim i'm just curious what about i i i thought there was possibly a perjury charge here because she was under I thought she was under oath. I could be wrong. I'm obviously going to defer to you about being asked about if she had been the source for some of that information that was then leaked to the the Boston Herald. So just at first blush, as much as she's out and it's embarrassing, you don't see any potential criminality here. Well, if if she if she provided false information um, pursuant to a federal investigation, and I think that was. Um, um, I forget which acronym it is, but a federal investigator like the IG, I think it is, who was looking into her conduct. And if she provided false information, um, that could be seen as perjury. Um, but I, I can't imagine that Merrick Garland has the appetite to go after her for a um, perjury violations. Uh, should be in a long line of others that, you know, I think due to their political persuasion, um, they'll get charged with anything. So I, although I think you are correct that if she was a different person with a different background, that might well come her way. But although it, the, the criminal charges could be there, it'll never be brought. Yeah. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal analyst attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 508- 
252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. We're speaking with our legal analyst expert. He's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, in the city of Cranston, Councilman Matt Riley has got himself into some trouble. Um, it's been a lot written about it. More keeps coming out. I was able, like some other news outlets, uh, able to get some of the body cam footage from the Cranston police. They get called to a guy that's unconscious, empty parking lot. I believe it was, yeah, it was Monday, right on Pontiac Avenue. Uh, they rolled down the window. He's got a According to police, a crack pipe in his hand. They find drugs in the car. Just curious, some of your thoughts on how this city council, Matt Riley, is is playing out legally. Well, from from a, a legal perspective, um, my understanding is that he's got no prior criminal record. Yep. So, from a legal perspective, from a criminal law perspective. Um, assuming there's no particular search and seizure issue, which there could be, there's always a potential search and seizure issue, you know, when the cops are searching a vehicle, he's likely a candidate for diversion, which would be, you know, you go through the appropriate um, counseling, um, acknowledge your guilt for the crime you were charged with. And if you are an appropriate candidate for diversion, then um, the any record of this incident would be expunged from your criminal record. So from a legal perspective, he can probably get out of this, probably preserve his law license and go on. I mean, certainly I think he's doomed uh, to give up his uh, seat on the Cranston City Council he might not want to do so voluntarily. It might take a little persuading. Uh, from another legal perspective, my understanding is under the Cranston Charter that if he were to resign his position before July 5th of this year, um, there would be a special election to fill that seat. If he does not resign or give up his seat until after July 5, then um someone would be appointed to his seat to fill out the balance of his term. So if you're a cynic, you would say he'll try to hang in there um, to avoid a special election, you know, and that would, that's more politics than law, but that would be the standard. I I don't see how he survives on the council until um, after July 5th, unless he goes out like on a medical issue or he's in a rehab program and he doesn't want to give up the seat and he kind of disappears for a while. So those are the two legal components here. I I think um, politically he's toast, but I think he can salvage his legal career and dispose of this criminal matter um, in the same manner as many other people have done many, many times over the years. First time drug offender, diversion, um, complete the program, do your counseling and get the charges expunged from your record. I just want to throw one hypothetical. Uh, Rhode Island's supposed to introduce safe injection center. Let's put Councilman Matt Riley on the street uh, right outside the safe injection center. Same scenario, knock on the door and he says, yeah, I, I'm bringing my stuff in to get it tested. And again, I know it's hypothetical and we're in new territory here, but is, is he then still arrested? 
Um, I, I, I think so. I mean, this is okay. a, a brave new world. It's, the, it's the brave new world. It's, yeah. um, it kind of, in many senses, it's counterintuitive what is being done as a social policy. And they're trying to legalize a social policy, which um, is of questionable effectiveness, to say the least. But yeah. um, I think it would be the same result, to the best of my knowledge, okay. that he would have been charged. behind the wheel. Um, one more hypothetical, Tim Dodd. What if then uh, Matt Riley says, you know, it, it was I'm, I'm a, an attorney. I have different clients. I had just given a ride to one of my law clients, and that that stuff isn't mine. Well, uh, apparently, and by the way, have, it, it almost looked like the media was there videoing this whole thing, like they had been tipped off. I've never seen such a steady body cam footage that there's the, the the images on the screen are perfectly still. There's no movement. Um, it was extraordinarily good. You would almost yeah. think that uh, someone was there videoing it no. separate and apart from the body cam. But um, I, I guess it's all body cam footage. I guess Cranston's yeah. got the best equipment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but allegedly, they find the, the guy um, in his vehicle allegedly someone had called in to report that there was a guy looking like, I guess he was in distress convulsing yes. or choking or doing something abnormal. So the cop allegedly goes up to the window for a wellness check, if you will. Um, the person sitting in the driver's seat is not responsive for a little bit. They open the door, they shake him, they finally wake him up. And he says, Oh, sorry, I fell asleep or words to that effect. They get him out of the vehicle, and then he acknowledges, you know, some, you know, drug involvement, but denies that there's any narcotics in his vehicle. Um, so th he's got the he's got the pipe in his hand, allegedly passed out. He denies drugs in the vehicle. They find drugs in the vehicle. So that's sort of all the uh, incriminating elements. Um, Again, there could be a search and seizure issue here because I, I haven't seen every second of the tape, but there's yeah. always a concern when there's a search of a vehicle. Sure. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal analyst attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with our legal analyst. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, high profile incident in New York. Let's talk about the Marine. Uh, with the help of Kid Rock and others, they have raised over $2 million. There's a situation on a subway. You have a guy that's loud, and he is alarming people. He's been arrested a bunch of times. And so some of the people on the train, especially uh, um, someone who's a Marine, was a Marine, uh, starts to hold him, contain him, except he's got him in a chokehold. The guy's fighting, and he ends up passing away. Uh, at first, I believe they, they just let him go. But now he, he has been charged, as a matter of fact, uh, Penny. So I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So this is, again, uh, D.A. Alvin Bragg with his crowd, uh, a lot of pressure from him. I could see where he would bring charges. But I'm just curious, Tim Dodd's evaluation. Granted, we don't have all the info, but I think enough to discuss it. Well, no matter what the facts ultimately divulge. It's certainly another tragic, sad situation yeah. with a person with either mental problems, drug problems, other problems, who knows what problems, roaming the streets, roaming the subway, um, harassing uh, riders of the subway, intimidating people, threatening people. Um, it's a societal situation where there's lots of people like this roaming around aimlessly being supported by the government and um, creating chaos in, in many instances. So for Alvin Bragg and like-minded individuals, this case fits a narrative that they think they can use politically. It's a white guy and it's a um, black individual who is now deceased. So that fits the narrative, unfortunately. Um, do I think this guy should have, this ex-Marine should have been charged? Um, 
I don't think so, but I think that before charges were filed, there should have been a lot more analysis of the yeah. facts. It seems like there's been a rush to judgment to satisfy yep. certain political elements. It, this is not like the Kyle Rittenhouse case, but it is in the way it's getting all this media coverage. Right. Um, Rittenhouse can say these the people that he shot had been pointing weapons at him. This Marine can't say that. Right. This guy was apparently unarmed. Um, The Marine was unarmed. The Marine was trying to, I guess, protect himself and others on that particular car. When you watch the video, one thing that I will be certainly hammered home by the prosecution is that the Marine kept this guy in this chokehold for a very long time. And he continued to hold him in the chokehold after the guy stopped moving. Right. So that gets you like the George Floyd situation where the cop kept the knee on the, on the neck well after the guy stopped moving. Right. That could be problematic uh, for this particular defendant. Um, He's raised or people on his behalf have raised a couple of million dollars through a GoFundMe campaign. So he can afford um, a very good legal team. Um, Yeah. And I think there's as, as many um, political elements that side with um, Alvin Bragg, there's as many people out there who side with this Marine who's done what many people riding subways hoped would happen in other circumstances, that somebody would step in and do something. Um, but the message that's being sent by Bragg is if you step in as a volunteer, um, into one of these situations, you know, you're risking your own um, criminal prosecution. If you want to be a volunteer, if you want to be a hero, if you want to step in. So does that have a chilling effect on other people doing something similar if they're confronted with an aggressive, violent, threatening person on a subway? I would tend to think people next time are going to say to heck with it. I'm not going to do anything. That's right. So that's an unfortunate societal result of this rush to prosecute this guy at the end of the day. Um, I think that if it goes to trial, I think there's a reasonable chance that he would be found not guilty or depending on the jury uh, composition, you might get a hung jury, but I think yeah. it's going to be difficult to convict this guy. Let's go to the other coast. Uh, Tim Dodd this time. No, so far, no charge brought, but you have a, uh, someone blatantly shoplifting inside of a Walgreens kind of a well-known activist, starts fighting with the security guard, uh, still continues, was actually, you know, getting, uh, was was not successful in beating up the security guard, but grabs some, some loot, starts to still head out the door, and the security guard fires. I believe the security guard told police that the individual said he had a weapon, he was still going to stab him or kill him, but uh, I, I believe in this situation, as we're speaking, there are no charges. But I'm just curious your thoughts on this security guard at Walgreens on the West Coast. Well, based upon, again, a very preliminary um, reporting and seeing the um, security footage from the store, I, I think the security guard has a problem, even though he hasn't been charged yet. Um, you know, there's a hue and cry out there from the same folks who would be in the Bragg camp if it was in New York City um, saying, you know, we demand that this guy be prosecuted. We demand that charges be brought. This case is a little different. So there's a guy in the store and he's shoplifting. And this is, I guess, people are blatantly shoplifting all over the San Francisco area because um, your chances of uh, any serious criminal repercussions are very small. that's why so many Walmarts, I mean, Walgreens and um, CVSs are closing in that area because right. they've had enough of it. This is absurd. So anyways, this security guard decides he's going to step in and he tries to stop the shoplifter from leaving and he shoves him and they get into a shoving match and they're grappling around with each other. And I think they wind up on the ground and they're still grappling with each other. Um Security guard claims that the guy says, I've got a knife. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to hurt you. Um, 
there's no evidence that the guy did have a knife and I'm not sure there's any audio which would right reveal what was said one way or another at, at a point after some struggle they separate the the shoplifter starts heading for the exit door and when they're it looks on the video a good six to eight to ten feet apart security guard fires one shot and kills yeah. him right now there was no immediate threat at that point the guy was heading towards the exit right it, it wasn't like he was still coming at the security guard he was trying to run away from the security guard and he got shot as he's leaving as he's running away if there are no criminal charges if there are no criminal charges. It seems to me the deceased individual is going to have a very good cause of action against the store, against the security company, against the individual security guard, because it does seem that um, the the, uh, security guard overreacted or acted inappropriately, whatever you want to call it. But the use of deadly force when a shoplifter is trying to flee the store and after the grappling between the two of them had ended, I, I don't see where that's justified. Yeah. Folks, quick break. Watch more ahead. Legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Which- Falcon Pest Services. 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401 739 1322 free consultation 401-739-1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 make sure you check out the website dipetro.com links to facebook twitter tiktok and also youtube make you make sure you subscribe to the john DePietro show on youtube remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for her on facebook but call her 401 401- 305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health pop in and see marie 1099 mendon road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland again call marie 401-305-3585 diagonally across from davenport restaurant 